Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Resilient Side of the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Stevie G. This podcast is primarily geared to provide listeners with tangible concepts that they can relate to, as well as using their personal lives. Each episode is unique as we bring down-to-earth guests with many perspectives and practical advice. It's for anyone that needs that nudge to push through life and align with their passions. We hope that you are able to enjoy each episode just as much as we do. Feel free to follow us on all social media platforms and share this podcast with someone you know, because we all have our successes and failures, but getting through the storm is the most rewarding. So for now, sit back and pour yourself a glass of resilience on the rocks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. As always, I'm your host, Stevie G, and with me today is my guest, Graham Mehoffer. God, so you've known how me I for know so Graham, long. Yeah. yeah. You still say my <laughs> Graham, last name. Wrong. I knew him for, yeah. <laughs> I said it wrong or I said it right? It's, you said it wrong, man. Oh, I always say it wrong. Uh, we yeah, just call you Hoff. So forgive yeah, me. Exactly. How do you say it? <laughs> um, it's my Hofer. My Hofer, me Hoffer, Hoff, yeah. Hoff. We're going to call him Hoff <laughs> the Hoffman. Yeah. So for everybody listening, me and Hoff, we know each other for quite a while. Uh, how I met Graham, I know him from the Marine Corps. We were stationed together. We actually deployed together to the Middle East. It was a yeah. good time. Uh, good and bad yeah. times, embracing the suck out there. Uh, yeah, so sure. that's how I know him. Uh, he's been out of the area for a hot minute, and now he's back close to Virginia next to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we linked back up. We uh, contacted each other, and now we're, we're sitting here, man. So Graham. Yeah. Now that I stole all your thunder, go ahead and yeah. uh, tell the people who you are. Hey, yeah. So like you said, Graham Myhofer. Uh, but everyone, that last name was too difficult and everyone ruined it in the Marine Corps. Th- so they just started calling me Hoff. So, I mean, that was a cool nickname, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I just moved back like about 30 minutes down the street from where me and you were stationed in uh, Yorktown, Virginia and uh, up here in New Kent now, but uh, out in the middle of the country, like like I've never, I haven't lived out here like ever. I've always lived in the city. So like it's yeah. now we're back. I'm out here in the sticks and like just covered by like forest and everything. I love it. It's really peaceful. No more. Only shooting you hear is like hunting on the weekends, basically. And back mm-hmm. in when I was living in Memphis, man, it was down the street. People just popping shots like every 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. So, so but, you're uh, from Memphis. So tell everybody how it is. Yeah. Like how it was growing up in Memphis. Oh shit. So yeah, I was a group in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, it's kind of got a a bad rep because I mean it's it's dangerous out there. It's like the top, like the second most dangerous city to like live in right now. And uh, it was fine. It was when I was a kid, it was fine. Like I guess like it was like this. I lived out like not really in the ghetto, but like I went to like uh, Cordova High School, which looks like a prison. And that's like it's <laughs> the most. It's pretty. It's a pretty ghetto school. But I mean, it's what I, I grew up with it. So it was like, it was just normal all to me. But uh, nothing, I had no issues, nothing bad ever happened to me when I was a kid out there. I mean, I just, uh, hanging out with bad crowds, I guess. And that's basically the worst I got into. And, uh, but I've had a lot of bull crap happen to me since I've been an adult living back there. That's for sure. Uh, 
Yeah, I've gotten you. Uh, uh, you ended up enlisting at at eighteen. Yeah, like I I enlisted. Uh, I was in I was in a, I was a pulley for like over a year almost. They were about to kick me out, and I had to re go back in before I because mm. uh, I had to get I had to get surgery right before. Uh, oh uh, man! I like I went to boot camp, and so they pushed me back a little bit longer. You give that recruiter and, uh, bro. <laughs> oh, dude, I know, man. They never took my calls back uh, when I called them uh, after boot camp or anything. <laughs> It'd be like that. It's yeah. Unfortunate. So, how was your time? Yeah, in but uh, uh, it was good. But like you said, man, it was it's good and it's bad. <laughs> I probably should have lost. Uh, I mean, I got out as a corporal. Probably shouldn't. There's a good amount of times I probably should have uh, got in JP, to be honest. <laughs> but oh, luckily, I had a lot of good people around me, and uh, they always helped me out, including you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Looking out for the you also You there. also got me into trouble. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, yeah. to each his own, man. You, Give or take. You got to have the best of both worlds. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, like, I, I love the Marine Corps. It, it made me a lot. Uh, it gave me some stressors and gave me some, not, like, the perfect who I am, but like it definitely molded me into the man I am today. And it definitely like, I would definitely be somebody different if I did not join the Marine Corps and like, and not probably not, maybe not in a good way. Uh, yeah, but no, for sure, for Marine sure. Corps, like Marine Corps definitely saved my life probably for sure. That's what I'm saying. Like, and, uh, um, yeah, I have to cut you off, but it's like, no, you're I good. strongly believe that, you know, joining the military, any branch, but then becoming a Marine is completely different. <laughs> However, uh, it's a big part of your life, and even when you get out, it's a big part of your life. It, it's the way yeah. you, the way you walk, the way you talk, right? At the same yeah, time, exactly. I'm not saying that uh, you know you're a marine 24 seven. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. like it definitely has a huge factor in the in the foundation that you go into as because you join that 18, yeah. 17 is like even 18. Are you really a man? No, you're still a kid trying to figure life yeah, out. Dude. So yeah, <laughs> it definitely you you mold yourself through, through your time in the marine corps, and then as you as you leave, it definitely keeps a big part of you, right? Yeah, and so you just like I figured yeah. like when you like what happened to me when I got out was like uh I got all the good stuff the Marine Corps gave me, and I still had all the bad stuff. I I probably m- made myself while I was in the Marine Corps, or the Marine Corps gave me. But uh, after you get out, it's like okay, now I gotta restart everything. Like like I like you said, I joined when I was eighteen, so I didn't know anything else but the Marine Corps. I never had a job before the Marine Corps. I had nothing. And so uh, when I got out, I was like, shit, <laughs> I was like, what do I even do now? I was a field radio yeah. operator like you. And uh, I was like, what am I supposed to go do? Like go be on radio now, like a talk show or like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny you say that because yeah. I, I was thinking the exact same thing as I was transitioning. And as I meet people on the day to day basis that are transitioning, the big question is like, well, am I supposed to go back to doing the same job that I was doing in, in the military? Which is yeah. in most cases really hard, like especially if you're like an yeah. infantryman or something like that. Like yeah, you're not yeah. gonna be kicking down doors for a living. <laughs> yeah, you just got yeah, you can be a cop or something. But, but initially, it's uh, I call it growing up all over again because initially you join exactly. at 18, 17, Some joining like twenty two, maybe a little older. But you're growing yeah. up in the military, becoming mature faster than most, and that's your mm. career that you started. Now, if you choose to get out, cool. You did you did your thing. You're ready to leave. But now you yeah. got to figure out what you're going to do next. And it's kind of like growing yeah. up all over again. You know, what? what's yeah, a whole restart. Path? Do I want to be a firefighter? Do I want to be a cop? Do I want to go to school? Go to school? Uh, yeah. Do I want to be a bum? It's so many things go through your head as you're transitioning. And I think it's really It's stressful, hard. though, too, man. It's stressful. It really yeah, takes a toll. Sure. Like the anxiety of, of leaving that to figure out what's the next thing was definitely yeah. something I had to deal and with. And then, like, now, uh, also. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, also, like, no, go. then, like, trying to 
after going to the Marine Corps, man, I had to like change my, I didn't change my personality, but like I had to change like my sense of humor fucking hard as hell or like Dark learn humor, like what man. I knew. Dude, I know. And it was so bad, dude. I got like, I had family members come up to me or like my brother would come up to me all the time. He's like, yo, you need to cut it down a little bit on what you're saying. I was like, shit, really? I was like, my bad, man. <laughs> I didn't know. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but like you're getting some like cringy faces from some people. I was like, shit. Yeah. So you mentioned the, yeah. uh, you definitely mentioned the good things, right? You ran with that. But what about the bad yeah. things that you mentioned? What were those? Oh, so like, uh, I I'd definitely say the worst thing that came out, uh, you know about this, like the worst thing that came out of the Marine Corps that I got, which I mean, I kind of had it, not, I don't know, I, I kind of brought it in, but then the Marine Corps kind of made it worse. Uh, I don't want to say the Marine Corps, that my time in the Marine Corps, I made it worse myself. Uh, yeah. It was like my drinking. And like, I had a really, and like, when I was young, like, like I grew up around drinking, my dad drank and everything like that. But like the one thing like, he didn't really like push was that uh, like how to like he was fine like by the time I was like eighteen if I was drinking or something with my buddies or whatever going to parties, but like he didn't really push the fact that like he didn't say don't drink this much like know your limit like he never really gave me that sit down kind of talk because like he was a big drinker too, yeah and uh, so when I joined the Marine Corps, uh, like I didn't dr- I wasn't really drinking that because I was like underage and so I had to make friends that were of age to get me any alcohol and so that didn't really happen a lot. Uh, before yeah. then but my uh i deployed my first deployment was to yakuza japan and back then like you, or there you could uh what do you call it um you can drink when you're 18 and so like i was like oh shit this is amazing so man i guess like we're pounding like the whole time i was like in yakuza uh with all my other younger buddy dudes and uh, younger marines and everything and man i think that's what started it off like i would just go drink like every time we had free time every single time and then like, I could carry it on the whole rest of the Marine Corps. Like every depl- like every deployment, we were allowed to go out and do stuff or have a time to go drink. I guess get like smashed because <laughs> I didn't know my limit and it was bad. And I never really cared either. I never really thought about it that bad, uh, which is like retrospect, like me thinking like, or what am I trying to say? Uh, like back in the, me now looking at my younger self, I'm like, fuck. I was like, you're so stupid. Like, like, plus I used all my, I used all my money. I never had any, I didn't have any savings, uh, barely when I got out, uh, cause I was just out there partying, drinking, doing all this stuff, blacking out all the time. And, uh, yeah. And so like, that was like, that's probably the worst characteristic that I got out of the Marine Corps probably was drinking. And it, and it followed me, it followed me for a while when I got out too. And, uh, it definitely ruined relationships for me, uh, I mean, I'm married now, but like before I met uh, my wife, Jill, you know her, yeah. uh, that uh, before that, like it's probably two relationships. Like uh, I never really, I've never really like to tell people this, but uh, like, I had like two girlfriends before her when I was in and they both broke up with me for my drinking, both of them strictly. And then I, I still didn't learn. It was stupid. And I was just, I, I thought of myself su- super, super naive and like I never really caught on. Cause I was like, like I said, I was like, I'm, uh, we're in the Marine Corps. We don't have our parents to like, be like, Hey, like they're guiding us still. Like we're, we're grown up now. Like we're by ourselves. And so I didn't have anyone. All, all I had was you or somebody yelling at me that I smelled like booze at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah, when we're doing a PT. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I definitely agree. Uh, I mean the Marine Corps, right? Born in a bar. That's what we said. Ton Tavern, right? Yeah, you know, exactly. The Marine Corps founded. Uh, and based off of, you know, individuals in a bar drinking and then making, mm-hmm. the, you know, the legacy of what it is today. But it's really hard because because we have that mindset 
it's one of the reasons why we drink a lot. A lot of times, too, I mean, you're in the field, you're training, you're doing a lot of strenuous things. It doesn't matter what your job is in the military. At the end of the day, you know, when you're done, it's easy to turn to alcohol because everyone else, especially if you lived in the barracks, everyone's yeah. doing the same thing. Like, hey, man, embrace mm-hmm. the suck. You know, let's have a couple beers. And then it becomes a problem. But then you don't notice it. Uh, no, I, I didn't I tell the story all. all the time, bro. As, when I was, you know, young buck, you know, back in my day. But I remember being young in Hawaii and like, I think ages like 19 to 21, maybe 22. Like, all I did every night was go out Monday through Friday, then on the weekends. But on Monday through yeah. Friday, I was coming back to base four or five in the morning. And I had my mm-hmm. PT green on green ready in the trunk to change over. And I talked really proud about that because I was like, yeah, you know, at 19 years old, I could come back and. I'm smashed and I can run circles around my NCOs and I'll still be so yeah. proud of it. I'm like, number one, I can't do that now. I'm not, I'm not waking up Shoot. after drinking and doing I can't that. Do not that happening. Uh, <laughs> but I was so proud of it, but not knowing that I was definitely enabling a situation that was going to compile over time. Uh, and yeah. then I definitely, you know, we and you had conversations when you were in that definitely about alcohol and how it uh, mm. affected you on the day to day. But I don't yeah. think that coming in or even when I was, you know, whether I was in charge of you or not, I wasn't, I wasn't trained to, how do you help somebody who's having an issue with that? Because a lot of yeah. times they don't even let us know, like, hey, make sure you're not drinking this and doing that. All they tell us is make sure you don't drink and drive. Don't get arrested. And then they tell you, if you have a drinking problem, <laughs> we're going to send you to this course where we're going to try to fix you. But they never sit down with you one-on-one because they don't realize that we're drinking in the barracks like that. They just don't want to hear about mm-hmm. an incident. And it's so yeah, because we're sneaky, this, we're, this... We're sneaky uh, Lance Corporals and PFCs. Yeah, we built this habit yeah. and then... What about when we get out? That habit follows us because not only did it surround us in the military, it surrounds us when we leave. Um, yeah. Like so. So now, so you get out, and you said yeah. you bring this this uh, alcohol problem with you. How did it yeah, affect so you like, as you got out? So yeah, I get out, and like you, like we were talking about earlier, like it's like it's scary when you get out, and so like, and like you don't know what you're gonna do, you don't know where you're gonna go, or like you, maybe you know where you're gonna stay and everything, but you, maybe you don't get a job. And uh, that's super stressful. And so I guess got out. I was like, okay. And I guess kept doing my thing. Like I got a job. My uh, brother-in-law, actually, he hired me right when I got out as a programmer for his company. Because being in comm, I was pretty I was pretty good at the computer and stuff like that. So we had to do that freaking RRK and stuff like that. Of course, uh, <laughs> I had to know something about it. And so he hired me uh, as a programmer. And so I got my job. And then I got used to it. And so, like, I just, like, right when I got off work, I'd go down to the bar that all my friends hang out, like, right after I get off and go drink again, go drink again. And then, shoot, man. Uh, so, like, I really didn't learn for, uh, like, a, a hot minute uh, that, like, to fix myself, honestly. And then I had uh, my, so I was living with my dad uh, for about, I think I got out, I got out in September of 2018. And then I was staying with my dad at his house. Uh, we're like good roommates, love him. Uh, best friends, actually, me and him. And uh, then it was uh, May 6th. Uh, my dad passed away. And uh, so, yeah, he had uh, passed away in his sleep. And I was upstairs in the house. Uh, I was coming down for work. And he's, he, normally, he normally passed out on the couch and stuff downstairs. It's like, I'm running late. <clears throat> and so like I'm downstairs trying to put my boots on and shit. I, I look around the corner, I see him. I'm like, yo, dad, like, like by the time I'm up, like he's already at the house. I'm like, yo, get up, man. Like I'm yelling at him when I'm walking around the house trying to get my shit. And uh then I turn around again. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, Dad. And I'm like, 
oh shit. I was like, something didn't look right. So I run over to him. He's fucking, uh, he had, he had, he had passed away like way earlier in the night. And so, uh, you could, you could tell like, uh, like the rigor mortis and everything was already kicked in and everything like that. So I jumped on him. He's on the couch. I jumped on him. Like I was trying to like wake him up. So, but I mean, obviously he was already passed. And so, uh, I call 911 while I'm giving him CPR, but I'm a fucking, I'm so like out of it. I'm giving my dad CPR on the couch and that's obviously not the fucking way to go. <laughs> like you got to take him to put him on the floor. Yeah. So the lady's talking to me. She's telling me what to do. It's so, like, I take my dad and this man is like a 250 pound fucking guy. Sorry, dad, if that's not how, <laughs> how much he, it's something like that. But, uh, man, like I'm trying to get him up and like, he fucking falls on top of me. Like I have to throw him off of me to put and then, and put his back to the ground. And so I start giving him CPR. Uh, so that was pretty fucked up. And, um, so I'm giving him, I, like, I, in the process of me calling, um, like 911, I texted my sister, like something bad's happened to get to the house. So about, um, I'm giving my dad like CPR. It feels like for about 15 minutes. And then my sister and, um, my brother-in-law get there. My brother-in-law is like, yo dude, let me, I'll do the CPR. He's like, I said, get the fuck away from me. And I was like, I was like blacked out. And uh, then it takes about 20 minutes for the ambulance to get there. And they have to, th- they have to like, tear me off of him. And, uh, yeah, they, they do that. They take him. Uh, I have to call my siblings. Like, that's the hardest fucking call you can fucking – you can ever fucking yeah, do. I like, I call my – like, my sister called my oldest sister, and I called my twin brother. I called my brother, and dude, he ex- – I haven't heard, like, a wail or, like, a scream like this before in my life. And, like – he it was that ugh, it was so hard to hear that shit and tell him what had happened and um but a good thing like the one thing i do uh from that experience so i'm going to get to the point <laughs> no, go ahead. from that, ex- that from that uh from that experience like i tell everybody i'm glad i'm the one that found my dad because like, if any other one of my siblings would have found they it would not have they wouldn't have been as common collected like i was very common collected when i all this happened like i was freaked out the first second then i guess went into like like go mode and stuff like that. And because like the rest of my siblings, they would have, it would have, it would have, it would have tore them up. If they found them and I didn't find them like way more. I mean, it, it tore, it, it tore me to pieces, but I'm just like, I guess I feel like I was the stronger one at the time. And like, and that's why I didn't like, I wasn't really crying or that. I was like trying to, I was trying uh, to stay strong for my siblings that are also like, having to go through this or they're not taking it good at all. So I was like, one of us has to be like, not, uh, you know, like crying or like, all over themselves someone has to be the one to take the reins and so uh yeah so like i'm, I'm glad i was the one that found my dad and that probably that definitely took its toll on me uh so so yeah so like the, after my dad that, that, so that all happened after my dad passed away i found him and everything uh drinking phew, like man you don't you wouldn't even if you thought I was already at a level like that was really high, like I went even higher for like a long time of drinking after that. Like I, I'd be blacked out. I'd miss work all the time. I actually got, I actually got fired uh, from the job I was working uh, with my uh, brother-in-law because of basically just how I was reacting over the past months after that. So I lost oh, that man. job. So yeah. I got to ask this. Well, so, first I'll say, you know, uh, thanks for being strong enough to talk about this. I know it's a real sensitive topic. Yeah. I can only imagine what you were feeling. So, when you initially found your dad, were you drunk or hungover when that happened? No, 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 no. Okay, I wasn't. So then, what no, what's was... through your mind as you, as you're assessing your father? 
Yeah. What's some of the thoughts? So that what's going on? Yeah. No. So like, so like I said, so like I turned around when I came downstairs, I looked around, so I thought he was asleep. But right when I saw him, I was like, in my head, I was like, that something's not right. But I was like, I was like rushing. So like I was still, I was trying to get ready. Then I looked around the corner again. I'm like, I saw him. I was like, fuck dad. Like dad's gone. Like instantly. I knew that straight in my head. But like, but then there's the other side of my head. Like when I'm getting on my dad, like to, to give him CPR, he's like, no, I can fucking do this. Like I can, I can, I can bring him back. I can bring him back. Fucking no, dude. Like it was, it's, it's a fucking, I, it's so hard to explain. Cause like, it's like you, that's kind of, that's the worst thing that's probably ever happened to me in my life. Guaranteed. And it's so, what's going through, like, there's a million things. And then there's like, like, at some points you're just like, you're not thinking about anything. You're just like blacked out. And that's how it was. And man, it was, man, that, that shit, it still, it, it gets me to this day. Like I go to, I go to therapy now. Thank God. And everything like that. And I love therapy. Like, I think everybody needs to go to therapy. It's, it's for everybody. Even if you haven't had any traumas in your life, uh, it's good. It's good for your soul. It's good for your mind and everything. But, do um, you, I don't mean to cut you off. Do you ever re-experience or relive that mo- those moments? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, I've, uh, I shoot. It was about a good year and a half, two years. Uh, I was having like my nightmares every night where we're reliving that over and over and over again. And that's 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 a lot of the I tried to do the drinking so I wouldn't forget uh, so I could just forget about it and stuff. But like drinking, like especially after that, like it just brought it up more and it made it worse. And uh, but yeah, like yeah, it was definitely I wouldn't I wouldn't want that kind of experience on my worst enemy. Like it's it was it was it's, it fucking it killed me like really hard like deep deep. Man. And uh, it's still, it's still like, it still gets me uh, like every, like now I don't, I don't have the nightmares anymore. Cause I, like I do go to therapy and therapists help me a thousand percent through everything I've gone through in my life. And um, the therapy helps. And like, I don't have the nightmares much anymore, but like, mo- like luckily I've gotten through it enough or sometimes I'll, I'll it, they can pop up or whatever. But, uh, but I also like, I get a lot of good. I get a lot of good dreams now with my dad in it. It took a, it took a very very long time for me to have any good dreams, like a like a fun or like a good memory or whatever. It took a very long time for those to get back. And like, because I was afraid to go to sleep sometimes because I was like fuck, I was like I was like I know I'm just gonna have the nightmare all over again. And then, but eventually after uh, therapy and Jill being here for me and everything, she's a great partner. Uh, she she toughed it out for like the hardest times and uh but she was always and she's still there for me all the time because uh, like shoot like i like i'm not perfect man like i still uh like i I'll, I'll still wake up with night terrors like screaming in the middle of the night and she'll just like calm me down and everything like that it's uh, she's really great with the situation now because she's been dealing with me for so long after all this has happened for sure for sure um, it's awesome that you have that so yeah, going yeah. back to it, you're a transitioning veteran. Mm-hmm. You get out. You're mm-hmm. trying to figure out life, right? Because at this point, you're what yeah. twenty? What? How old are you when you get out? Sh- uh, shoot, I was like twenty four, twenty three, something like that. Twenty three, twenty four, right? You're getting out, trying to figure out everything. You're having an issue with drinking, you're yeah. trying to get settled in. This issue happens with your your dad's passing, and then you get yeah. ba- you know your drinking habits rise even higher. Uh, and yeah. the reason why I'm talking about this now is because I I believe that 
everybody, I don't care who you are, whether you have a smile on your face or not, I feel everyone's going through something or continues to go through something. Even if you're not going through something big right now, like a traumatic event, it's not about yeah. if, it's about when. So it's going to happen. And then the next thing I follow with that is when is that breaking point? Because everyone could take in a certain amount of things, uh, especially mm-hmm. I feel like Marines are really good at holding stuff in, which is terrible. However, oh, it's so bad. what was the yeah. breaking point for you when you're like, okay, I, I need I need to fix something? Where's that breaking yeah, point at? So, so there was plenty of those, actually, because... Uh, Cause I, like I, yeah, like I was drinking a lot still after I got out and everything. Then uh, Jill, my wife, uh, she she moved down to Memphis for me. Like she took all of her took all of her stuff. She loved me so much, and like we're still going through like tough times. And, I, and I, this is like right after uh, my dad passed away. She moved down. We get a house. Uh, it's not. I guess it's not right after because we got the house in October, and my dad passed away around May. But uh, it, we were but. <clears throat> yeah, so she moves down, and uh, I'm still drinking. I'm still drinking. I'm like, I black out or whatever, and like, I'm gonna go like, I'm still drinking at like midnight on a Tuesday for some reason, and that that goes on for so long. And me and Jill getting, we call it. It was like the time she moved in, and this is when COVID started too. Yeah, uh, and like, so we're just stuck in the house together all the time for the like a year or so. And man, we call that. Uh, those were not very good times for us. Like, luckily we kept it together and everything. Thank God we did. But, uh, we call those, uh, we both call it the dark ages. And that was the roughest time me and her have ever been, uh, t- like in our time together. Cause like, my drinking and then we get in fights and then like, she doesn't want to talk to me about my drinking. And then she, and then when she, she does talk to me about it, I freak out about it. Like I got, I get offended for no goddamn good reason. I'm not listening to her. And so it takes me, it takes me a good second to, uh, it's about a year and a half to two years almost probably of us living together to me to actually like be like, okay, I need to fucking fix my, I'm the problem. Like I I, I said that plenty of times during that, that, the two years, but like, I just wouldn't stick to it. And so, uh, but she also like, she basically gave me a, uh, ultimatum, uh, which obviously, oh, sorry. Uh, she gave me an ultimatum. Was like, it's me or the drinking. Like, basically, like, get your shit together, or I'm out of here. And I was like, I'm not gonna lose her. I was like, I'm getting my fucking shit together. And and then like I've like I always like I've always uh, like said when I wanted to like stop drink. I I never said I wanted to stop drinking. I said I said I wanted to fix my drinking and like or control normalize, it, right? control it. That's the word I was looking exactly, for. Yeah, control yeah. my drinking. Yeah, and. And so she like put she put her foot down. And I was like, "Fuck, okay." I was like, "Well, I need to put get my shit in the gear now." And uh, and I had and I could take it. It's, it wasn't an easy. It didn't go perfect. Like I'm I'm pretty good now. Like I'm good. I'm no. I'm never gonna be perfect at drinking. Like I'm like I'm good. Like I'm not. I've been blacked out. I don't know how like a year or two. And even if I did that like two years ago, that was like on accident <laughs> when I was just hanging out with the boys at their house. <laughs> I accidentally got trapped. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I took one too many shots and I needed to take. But, uh, like, yeah. And so after it took, it took a while, but, uh, like I'm, I'm, I can say for sure, like my drinking is 10 times better than what it used to be. I'm in control of it now. And awesome. I'm not, I don't, and I don't need to go get, take that extra drink. I don't even need to have a drink. Ever, like I, it's a Tuesday. I'm like, I had a, it was a rough day. I was like, do I need the beer in the fridge? No, I don't need it. It's more of like, I wanted it. And so I'd eventually, exactly. that's another thing. Right. Like, I didn't need it. I wanted it. Who are you telling and, Yo, I know, man. <laughs> I gotta say this, right? So I definitely yeah. understand and can relate to what you're saying. Uh, 
I myself finally controlled it, right? We were talking earlier about that. Mm. But it it would be like shoot, I'm out the military now, I could say it now. Uh yeah. brother, there's been, there's been I told you this before. There's been times where I just, you know, drink at work, before work, after work, yeah. all the time, just because it's a Monday, just because it's three o'clock. Just just because yeah. I was drinking and it became a vice. And at first it was cool when it's social gathering and you're just trying to have a good time. But it but it took a long time to realize like, man, this is affecting me mentally, physically, emotionally, like I'm drinking it because it's going to give me that calm, relaxing feeling that I want. But yeah. then it stops doing that. And it just takes over, yeah. man. Like, it was controlling my life. And and I can say to you, man, I remember when I, I saw control you. Before before yeah. all this stuff happened to you, it had a big hold on you. And then, then now, you know, all this happens. And I can imagine the hold that it had on you then. But yeah. what was some of the, let's say, uh, some of the steps or some of the tricks that, that you learned? And, like, what, what did you start doing to fix it? Because I know you didn't fix it overnight, so... Tell me more. No, what did I? What did I start? Oh yeah, so we had points of uh, Jill. I mean, Jill's a big help, like I said. And so, like, if we had like, if we were drinking, like, on the, like we like we like to strictly drink on the weekends. Like that's when we like to settle down and it like is. drink. Like if we'll have we'll have like a bottle of wine during the week, or like if if like one of us had like a super hard day, we're just like hey, like or like one of us noticed it was like hey, do you want to like we'll be like you want a shot? But like that's it. I guess to like like chill you out it's not mm -hmm. we're not gonna have more more and more drinks on the weekday but the the thing was like when i when we'd stop drinking like it'd be like turning the monday jill would go fucking like go guess go hide the all the alcohol because like i'd be tempted like because i would be tempted to just walk by it and be like oh let me throw let me throw one back real fast it don't matter so she started hiding it and then that, I mean, it was like, I didn't, I never went to go look for it. I wasn't like dreading, like I needed it, but it was like, it was, since it was right there, it was very hard for me, like not to get, but like, it, it was, a, it was tempting is what it was. And so she, she got the temptation out of the way a lot of the time. And then eventually like I, I stopped needing it, like stopped doing it. And like, I didn't need her to do that as much. And then, but she was, but she, sometimes she would notice like, um, maybe that bottle was a little bit uh, shallower than it needed to be. So she'll get to go hide it somewhere. Still, she'll still do yeah. it. But, uh, but yeah, and so like that was like that was a good step because she was very she's very good uh, at it. It was mostly Jill just kicking my ass to be honest. That's like that's holding like you a, accountable. A good, that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. Holding me accountable, and uh, it's a good part. If you got a good partner, and like she's a great partner, and she's oh man, she's made like I said, the Marine Corps made me uh, who I like the man I am. Molded me to the man I am today. But Jill like. Like she's she scratched all the fucking uh, all the rough spots like off of it and like made me into the like to the man like to the exact man the person you needed to like be she she yeah she finished she finished it the sculpture that's basically, awesome basically man. of me yeah yeah I was and, talking uh, was, about, yeah go ahead. what's up so no, I'm saying no, on one I of my last episodes <laughs> you good on one of my last episodes I was talking about the same thing having a community have, but most importantly out of that community is the support system so I mean you have your wife Jill who is, yeah. is your girlfriend at the time. And she's mm. or your fiance at the time, right? Uh, she uh, yes. definitely supports you. Like, hey, you know, I see that you're going through it and you want to make a change. And having someone there in your quarter, I think, is the best. Is one of the best things, right? Because there's many things you could do. The therapy. I'm an advocate to that yeah. as well. Uh, reading podcasts, working out. I can go on and on on, on the little yeah. things that you yeah. can do. But I think having someone there for you in your corner, whether it be mm. a coach, a friend, a family member, uh, a girlfriend, a loved one, somebody there for you, it makes a huge difference because. A lot of times, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, man. Yeah. I was trying to slow down my drinking and I would get the itch 
for no reason. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, there's yeah. a bottle over there. There's a beer over here. I could just order beer. Or oh, I'm already drunk. Yeah. I could just do it as some more alcohol. And it's <laughs> yeah. so easy to do that. It's so hard. You to get spiral, that. dude. It's a, it's a, it's but a if fucking you have spiral with you, man. Like someone to check you, hold you accountable. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. Uh, you know, it's not the weekend yet. Slow that down. Because necessarily, yeah. like you're not quitting, right? And 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 that's fine. Mm. Like I'm not quitting drinking alcohol, but I'm controlling yeah. that thing. Cause it took yes. it took a part of my life, like a huge part of my life. Like that's if you don't I control it, man, it's gonna control you. That's a fucking yes. fact. And one thing, and I'll say this, and one thing I didn't, I don't want, because my my son's still pretty young. He's three years old. He watches, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm afraid you that when he's stuff. able to f- completely understand, because he understands that you know, daddy's drinking a big boy drink. But yeah. I don't want him to <laughs> to think that his dad is an alcoholic and, and start picking up yeah. bad habits at a, at a young age, especially way before. Because you know, I didn't have a from from I can remember, I mean, my father he probably drank, but I would really didn't know about it, and that that's probably the, yeah. for the best. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to figure that out on my on my own, but I definitely don't want to put that bad image out there. You know, you want your kids to look up to you, and so I definitely had to hone in on that. And I mean, here I am now. Like I said, I did not quit drinking. Marines don't quit. Yeah, but I just control it. <laughs> that, that's really it. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm doing now. And like, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Like, uh, like I said, she like. She she like put her foot mass or whatever about like the drinking and stuff like that. But she like she does that to like a lot of aspects of my good at in life. Like money, man, she does the same exact thing with money. I'm like, hey, can we just go order some food tonight? Or like, can I buy this? She's like, we don't need to do that. We have food in the we have food in the fridge. Like we're gonna, we don't need to be wasting money on stuff like like we, you can make tacos at home. I was like, fuck, and and I get like I'm like oh, fine, but then it's like I'm like it makes sense. So I was like I at least had to ask. <laughs> And so, yeah, she she does a she does a lot of the, a lot of a lot of telling me no's, but for like the good reason. Because I just get too excited about stuff most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then now, yeah. let's see. You're controlling your alcohol intake, which is awesome. Because mm. boy, yeah. I could, I got stories of me oh. and you back in the day, right? Dude, I fucking know. <laughs> Specifically, me getting getting on top of you, t- saying, "Hey, bro, get your head out your butt," right? Yeah. But uh, you now you know you're controlling it. In Bahrain. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about that. That's for another time. But uh, but uh, so now, sorry, you just messed me up completely. So okay. now you're controlling it, which is awesome. And you know, you already transitioned. You've been out for a couple of years now. What struggles yeah. are you currently going through? If you feel comfortable about talking about that, yeah. Uh, so I mean, current right now struggles is like we're uh, so like we like I said at the beginning, uh, we just moved back here to Virginia. Like uh, we moved. So like I, she moved down to Memphis for me. We met up here in Virginia when I was stationed in Yorktown and that's, this is where her family lives. So she moved down there for me for about three years. And like, so we had a, I had a bunch of bad crap happen to me in Memphis and we were kind of tired of it. And that's not where we wanted to have like our, our like staying for like years and years and buying a house. Like we were renting. Yeah. And so, uh, what was it? Um, so eventually, and, and so she moved down there for me. And so I was like, like, well, if we're going to move somewhere, like she wanted to move back to Virginia, like be closer to her family and everything like that. They're getting older and stuff. And she saw like, like she, she was a little worried. She was worried about her parents because she's been so far away from them. And like my dad died like 53 and like, she was mm. just like, it could happen at any time. And then her parents are older than my dad is, was. Uh, and so she really wanted to be back home. And I was like, that's fine. I was like, Memphis is, is I'm done with Memphis. It's like, it's uh, too much bad stuff's happened to me here. And I want to start a, like it was basically like, like a little restart. And so, uh, yeah, so we moved back, uh, we moved here, like her p- parents were like 10 minutes down the street. It's really nice. Uh, I helped them out a lot. They helped me out a lot. And Jill, 
they've helped us with, uh, with the house that we've uh, moved into. Um, that the stressful part about this house right now is like we've had so many boxes and there's so many rooms, and like we still oh, yeah, haven't unpacked, unpacked everything. Oh my god, it's it's, it's taking like we're getting there. Yeah, it's like we're we just got some sofas downstairs. I got a futon. We got a new bed, but uh, it's like. I just want all these boxes out of my fucking house. It's so annoying. I just want to get done with that so I can finally. I, I was talking to Jill with this last night. It's like we're like, because we're, we're stressed out. Like me and her are both stressed out. Like one for shit. She has a lot going on in her job and everything, and like and like stuff like that. And I'm I'm looking for a job still. So we're both stressed out about two different things, and but they're basically the same. And um, so I was talking to her. I was like. I was like, because we get we 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 start bickering at each other for no reason, and then like we just apologize because we knew there was no point of us even doing that with each other. Uh, we just know that we're both stressed out at the house, and that the whole situation. And so like I was just telling her, I was like we're going to be a lot better once we move. Like once everything is uh, like all the b- boxes and everything. Once we're fully moved in, like it's going to be a lot like it's going to be a lot better living in this. House. It's going to feel a lot better. She, we were in bed and she was like, I, I feel like I'm not even used to this new bed that we have. It's a like big king size bed. It's really nice. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not even used to it yet. And uh, I was like, yeah, you're not going to get used to it till we're done and settled. Like our emotional, like, like uh, comfortable comfortability right now. It's not a thing because like we're not comfortable in general in the house yet. Cause we we're still doing so much. We're not, we're not like, I need to get a job. Like we need to have the whole house moved in, like moved in and all these boxes out. And I told her like, then we're going to be like very, then we can like settle down and like have the emotional emotional settlement like in the house and we're really just gonna feel I, like I, I told her like, it's gonna bring our spirits up really high once once everything gets uh, set in place and so like that's a little bit of the struggle that we're going through right now and like currently right now uh I mean and also like I miss I miss Memphis I miss my family I used to see them all the time uh so I try to keep in touch with them as much as possible uh I wish I talked to him like every day, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> For sure, man. Uh, I mean, you yeah, my through a lot of changes. And yeah, you guys yeah. are going through and they changes. Hit me, I mean, and they hit me. They hit me up all the time too because they know it's stressful out here. <laughs> yeah, man. I would say for yeah, the family it, piece, definitely keep in contact, Facetime a lot more. Uh, I mean, that's what I do yeah. with my family. Uh, I was family's important, really important to me. And I was telling you on another episode every day around the same time, for the most part, when I pick up Angel from daycare, I'm on the phone. I'm calling my mom so we get that Facetime so I could talk to my mom so he could talk to my mom. Yeah, yeah. Just get, Make sure you set that time because this is a new uh, a new journey for you, right? You guys start a new chapter, yeah. and you need to embrace the change what's happening because good things are definitely going to be coming, man. And it could be a struggle to find yeah. a new job. It's going, it's going to get you're going to get through it. It's going to be, all right. we're yeah, going to get you where you need to be. Uh, so yeah, now, no. what I wanted to ask you is this, right? So, for somebody who's uh, so I think a lot of people are going through traumas, right? And I think talking about yeah. trauma is really hard, but Mm, oh it is but if i mean i down, i like it <laughs> yeah like i think uh if somebody was to come up to you and be like hey graham you know you definitely had x y and z happen in your life and i can only imagine what you're going through i'm going through something similar or i'm going through substance abuse alcohol abuse yeah i'm going through the same you know terrors that you're going through what did you yeah. do and can you just give me one piece of advice so i could get through it what would be that one single piece of advice you would give them okay Therapy, hundred percent. You got okay. therapy. Like I tell this to everybody I meet. Like do therapy because like I, I'm. I feel so. It's a little. It's awkward the first couple of times till you get used to it or till you find the right therapist. 
But like, man, like I preach this every day when I, when I'm allowed, when I can, or whoever wants to hear it, therapy is the best thing that I've ever done. And it's therapy because, in a, but you got, you just gotta like, like, but you can't just be like a stiff in therapy. You, like I, I was doing that for a while in my first couple of sessions. And then I guess I, you just gotta let yourself go. And I get another, it's a safe spot. And you, just, you and like, there's no reason to hide stuff. Like I was hiding shit from my therapist. Then wasn't telling everything at the very beginning. Yeah. Like there's no reason to do that. Like you just gotta let yeah, yourself go. Like t and get yeah and just talk and just talk to them like, like nah. everything. I, I think a lot of people do that because I tell you I did that. I remember talking to my therapist like the first one to three times, and you're like, it's like an onion. You're you're slowly pulling back, and yeah, at yeah, first yeah. you're sitting really weird in the chair, and then slowly <laughs> yeah. like, getting comfortable, relax, let your hair down, yeah. and then then you start telling them stuff that you didn't tell them day one. And I think they yeah. know that's how the deal goes, but I definitely, hey, I commend you for going to therapy. I, I go to the, I used to yeah. go to therapy. I'm about to go back and it's good. It's definitely a, helps the healing process. And then, yeah. so, so that's, that's it. Go no, therapy, no. So, so, okay. Therapy oh, is the, like, that's, that's a, that's a big piece. Like that's a very big piece, especially if you have fucking like trauma. Cause trauma in it, like, like I, I, I got another story I can tell you that happened while I was in Memphis. That really fucked me up. Like it's recent, uh, but I'll, uh, but I'd say therapy for sure. Um, and if if there's any vets or active people listening to this podcast, like the the VA can, will give like give that to you for free. It's free, and like you don't got to pay for anything. And they're very good too. I've had I've had about three therapists in the VA so far, and they've all done phenomenal jobs. Um, okay. But yeah. So so therapy, and then also like you said, the people you surround yourself with. Like you need to have people that if, and if you're going through something, talk about it. Like talk, you got family members, you got a wife, you got a girlfriend, boyfriend, parents, best friend, like anybody that like, but you need to make sure you're telling, like talking to the right people in your group. Don't talk to like the, the asshole, like the people that's going to scoff off. Like, oh dude, don't like, don't be a pussy or something like that. You need to talk to the people mm. that really care about you and you got to. Just like you did that therapist, it's awkward. Like I know it's, it can be awkward, like uh, talking to your family members or somebody about it. But let them know what's going on with you. Like we guess, like just just talk it out and see, like l hear their feedback and be like, hey, guy, like you, it's not afraid to say like you need help or can you help me out? Can you be there for me? Like that's a that's a very hard yeah. thing. Like for it was for me, like I I, I couldn't put the hardest like, part for a long time. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part. Asking for it's help. Easy. I think it's easy to. Uh compound everything on to each other i think it's easy to keep yeah. it in and let it just eat you up until you feel like the, there's no escaping it which leads to a lot of other yeah. things you know suicide just negative thoughts depression mm -hmm. anxiety it goes on and on and mm -hmm. i think once you're able to speak it out loud and reach out to that friend that family member and just let it out yeah. because sometimes people know you're going through something but they don't know how you're yeah. feeling and when you're able to and people are, and, pe somebody, and some and, people sorry some people are afraid yeah, yeah. to even ask so if you if you put yourself yeah. out there and and like let them know, then they'll be more comfortable to ask you about the kind of stuff. Yeah, and then a lot of times some individuals you speak to don't even know how to react or you know the advice to give you, but the fact that they're just listening is, is like some of the best uh, self healing mm -hmm. that you can get just by letting it out. But then you go seek that that therapist, you go seek that help. That's that's awesome, man. And then yeah. I want to say it's awesome that you can even speak on any of this, right? Because going through what you went through, I couldn't even imagine. And then Dude, a lot of times I'm speaking I, to people on the good. Oh, sorry. No, I no, got like, I was, I got a whole other fucking. 
very traumatizing fucking story that like I uh, I was trying to tell you like when I saw you at Book's wedding, I was talking to you and uh, Shitty P, and yeah, just kidding P. Uh, but yeah, uh, I was I was in the middle of talking to you guys about like this this hell week that I had. And like, I didn't get to finish the story because I think we like, you guys got like something happened. We all had to leave. There was something. a lot of alcohol and it was a late night. I yeah. remember that day. <laughs> yeah. So like, so dude, so this is about, it was last year. It was like a couple days before, uh, Jan- or not sorry, uh, before Valentine's day, I think I was working. So I was, so my, my career basically right now is a, uh, I'm a fabricator. I, uh, I, we stone fabricator. We, my job is like cut big stone slabs make countertops uh, out of them and stuff like that. And these, and these stone slabs are heavy as fuck. So uh, beginning of this week, it was a Monday, I find out one of my, one of the junior Marines that were under me in my, uh, one of my platoons, uh, he had committed suicide. That's fucked up. And I got this guy, like I normally try to keep in contact with a lot of my Marine Corps buddies. Like I guess I'm, I'll message him randomly over a group chat. So I mm-hmm. feel kind of bad because like I didn't, I've never really reached out to him. And so that kind of put me like in a fucking in a little bit of a mood, but na- but man, that, that following Wednesday, uh, I had ah, shit. It's like I was at work. It's my buddy, uh, uh, my buddy Phil. He died in front, like basically in front of us uh, at work. He had two two big. Uh, he's a tall dude, and so he's he's trying to move these slabs with someone else on a forklift. Uh, and these slabs didn't go, didn't fall the, in front of them the way they're exposed to under this A-frame. They fell backwards onto him, and it, they, two giant quartzite slabs caught—I don't even know how many pounds it is—caught him right in the neck. And he fucking uh, <clears throat> then the guy in the forklift come running inside where I am, where all the other guys are in the in the uh, warehouse. I mean, he's like, he's like, help, help, help! Like, he's not even saying what's going on. So I, I'm the I'm the closest one to the door, so I book it out there. Man, I see my buddy. He's fucking. He's tall, but he's got these slabs right here on his, like, right here, and his head is like this red. Looks like it's about to pop. So I'm like, so I'm like, no. It's like I go and try to pick these slabs, but like, it, it can't do it because they're too fucking heavy. And he's already like knocked out. And uh, but then, then by the time I'm like about three seconds after I get there, the uh, all like eleven more dudes come and like we all push the slabs up off him. He falls down. Uh, and he basically, uh, he, he got, he got consciousness back. I, I'm the first one to get down there. Cause I think I'm the only one that knows how to do anything fucking medically. Oh, thank God for the Marine Corps, uh, yeah. around there. And so like, I'm telling him not to move. Like people, like he's trying to get up. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm like don't move. And like people are trying to, I'm like, everyone shut the fuck up. Call the fucking police. Like blah, blah, blah. He's like coughing up blood and shit. And, um, uh, so we're like, I'm, 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 I'm working with him and everything like that. And. He, he wasn't really giving me much in like talking or like anything like that. He, he was conscious, but, um, he had, uh, the ambulance, like, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like hugging him the best I can. Like trying to, he was, he's terrified. He's terrified. And I was like, man, it's gonna be okay. Like, you're going to be, you're going to see your family. It's going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, ambulance gets there. They pick him up. Uh, and he's still coughing out, but he can't breathe or anything. And they put him in the back of the ambulance <clears throat> and they go, they go to the hospital. And so, uh, my boss, they were going like, this is still COVID times basically. Yeah. So like everyone can't go into the ER or whatever. So my boss goes, goes to the hospital and they can't find any record of him. 
about the next day I'm at work. It's like nine o'clock in the morning. My boss gets like gets us all over because we're gets, we're wondering like what the fuck. I'm, I'm texting him. I'm texting my buddy and everything like that. Uh, Phil who got hurt. I was like, man, I hope you're okay. I was like, just hit me up when you're able and like I'm I'm so I hope you're with your family and everything. Man, yeah. I find out uh, and not like that morning. He's like he's like yeah he he died like instantly from getting in the ambulance. That's why they couldn't find him yeah. at the at the hospital. And I was like, oh dude, I like, it was me. And my best friend guy, uh, uh, me, it was me, guy, and Philip were like very fucking close, bro. Cause like we did all the man, we're doing a lot of manual labor and working on all the machines, uh, and forklifts and stuff. Like we were three amigos. And so, man, I just fucking know, like I got my knees fucking, just like I lost all, like I just fell to the fucking ground and started like just fucking bawling. And so was my mother, buddy. And man, oh man, hearing that fucking, that was. Still to this day, man, that like that fucking tears me to pieces. And like, he was such a good guy because he he had a bad past. Like he was in gangs and stuff like that. But like he totally, totally changed and <clears throat> changed his whole entire lifestyle. Everything. He was a great guy. He was a great father. Good husband. And like he just kept and then, but he kept getting the shit in the stick. And like I just felt so bad. I was like he like he he died way too like he did that didn't need to happen. And it was, it was, and it was uh, negligence of the guy on the forklift. That was, it was basically his fault. And, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, so like he, I, I find that out. Like I just fucking, I fall to the ground, crying my eyes out. And it was the, yeah, it's a following Friday. I think we had his uh, viewing and everything. He had like a big, he, he was like a big, uh, like he's like a tall Scandinavian looking guy, like pale with a big beard and everything like that. Yeah. I wanted to go, I went to go, I walked into the viewing, I saw him, I was like, oh, I instantly, like, I guess, looked away, like, I don't know what it was, it was bad, like, it was, like, a jerk reaction, I, like, I didn't want to see him, and I was like, okay, I gotta go look at him, send my respect, man, they had cut his beard, they had shaved his beard off, and I guess I remember the first, like, I was, like, I kind of grinned when I saw him, I was like, oof, he's pissed up in the fucking Valhalla right now, fucking, they shaved, they shaved off his fucking nice-ass beard, <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, and so that happened, but, like, You'd think that'd be the end of the week for me. It's not. So that's a that's on a Friday. I see uh, go to the, his viewing. That's Sunday. This is the part I didn't get to tell you. Uh, that's Sunday. Uh, uh, it's like ten o'clock at night, and I, there's a gas station about like like two blocks away from my house. I gotta go get gas because yeah. I didn't want to be late for work getting gas. So I'm in there. I go pack. A, I go get a pack of cigarettes. I think from inside, and I'm pumping. <clears throat> And I, uh, I'm pumping the gas or whatever. And I'm not paying attention. Around. I normally keep my head on the swivel out here, but I was just not paying attention. And so like, I'm pumping, I'm like, shit, I need to take a piss. I was like, my house is right there. But I was like, <sighs> I was like, but I, I was like, I can just go pee inside real fast. So like, I'm going up toward to go back inside the door. And the next thing I, uh, I feel is a fucking pistol to my head. And, oh, uh, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, like right when I feel it, I'm like, oh, fuck. And I've never been robbed before, especially not by gunpoint or anything. And so yeah. uh, the guy puts his, like, yeah, he's like, put the, he's like, turn around. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, it's this fucking dude. He's like shaking his fucking, like, he's terrified, like a motherfucker. I'm like, this guy's just going to fucking accidentally shoot me. He's not going to fucking mean to shoot me. And so I was like, and he was like, he's like, he's like, Brennan, give me on your shit. I was like, I was like, okay. So like, I gave him my cigarettes and stuff. And he's like, where are your keys at? And I'm right next to my Jeep. I'm like, I'm like, I, was like, I don't want to fucking give him my fucking keys. And like, I'm like, I, I don't want to fucking try to fuck with him either because like this guy's fucking shaky jakey. I'm, like, I'm not going to like, he can keep my Jeep. I don't give a fuck. I'll find it. It's white. Yeah. But uh, 
But I was like, ah, that's why I was going inside, man. I, was like, I left my keys on the counter, and then my fucking ass had my lanyard hanging out my pocket, so he yanked it out. He does that. He puts the gun up right here to my head, fires it, you know, up in the air. He's like, he's like, fucking get out of here. And I'm like, okay, fuck. I can barely hear after that, but I fucking like, I'm like, okay. So I go down the end of the uh, the parking lot where that uh, tire uh, pump is, and the guy, he's so fucking scared. He's like, he doesn't. My car wasn't turned on, so he's he's just like jerking my car trying to go, like uh, get the gas on it, but he doesn't know how to do push to fucking start. Fucking dumbass. And huh. so I, yeah, I know. And so like I'm looking at him, I'm like, oh shit, this guy doesn't know what he's it's like. Okay, it's like I'm gonna try one more thing, and hopefully he just gets the fuck out of my car because he still had the car door open too. I start yelling. I'm like, I'm yelling because I'm behind him. I'm yelling and acting like there's a cop close by. Like I'm trying to get his attention. I'm like, yo, this guy stole my car, cop. Like right over here, just yelling at him, trying to scare the dude. It works, but fucking, um, he goes like, my car's right here. I'm behind it over here. He runs from my, uh, from my car towards me. I run across the street. He, he shoots at me from across the street. I like dive into like this fucking little ditch or the sidewalk. I don't know what it was. And then he gets, he bolts off into the neighborhood. He bolts off into the neighborhood behind the, uh, behind the gas station. That's the last, that's the last I ever heard of him. Bro. But yeah. So he, he, he stole my, he, he, yeah, he stole my, he stole my, uh, he stole my, uh, my cigs and my keys. I only found Did my cigs. Did you get your wallet or? No, I didn't. He, he, luckily he didn't grab, go for my phone. Thank God. I think my phone was in my car actually. He didn't, uh, so he, he get, didn't take, he, he didn't take keys? the car. Yeah. He took my car keys, like my key fob and shit, but, but, but the next, yeah, that's, that's, all, and my cigarette, but I don't give a fuck about that. But man, I go. I was, that was fucking scary as fuck because like the, the imagine, scariest man. part, the scariest part was like him shaking at it. I'm like, I'm, this guy could accidentally just pull the trigger or it was, a, it was, and it was also the fact that like he told me to get out of there and my back was to him while he was still pointing a gun at me. I'm like, he's just going to fucking shoot me in the back. I'm like, this is Memphis. Like they're going to fuck. It's probably some gang shit maybe or some shit like that. And so I was like, ugh, life flashed straight before my eyes during that whole entire event. Uh, but yeah, so I, but yeah, that was that's it. I called that my hell week, basically. Bro, <laughs> and I, I and I li- and I literally and I'm since all that happened, like I think I went back to work for a week, and then I and then that following weekend, I had a mental breakdown, like a full on mental uh, fucking break, and uh, yeah. I wasn't and like I was out of work for like three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, those events. Oh, that's man. a lot to process, man. Like yeah. between your father's passing, between your buddy passing that's a lot of death right and i can only imagine yeah. how you're feeling through that but then you're having life-threatening events where you know you could try to be the hero and hit him with a mcmap technique and then yeah probably no, get yourself going... killed or you know, exactly or hurt him uh or you know what if he actually hit you with that shot so i can only imagine what's what's going through your mind uh I, <laughs> yeah i, I want to say that he probably had no idea how to use that weapon right oh yeah um, no he was he was, he was terrified yeah, it's crazy because, yeah. I mean, through all that, through all these events, how, how do you like? How did you? I guess how do you process that? And, and what's your mindset at now today? Uh, today, how does it change your living style today now? Oh man, like with uh, all those events, like, everything compiled. Like, what does it change you to now? Like, it's how does grandma attack life? It's fucking safely for sure. Like, especially doing the line of business that, I, like, expect like after my buddy passed, I got these slabs on him. I was, I was already super safe around all equipment, around everything. But, like, man, I would, like, I'm safe around anything now. Like, anything could happen. Anything could fall. Anything, like, like not just my job, but, like, in life. Like, I'm always, I keep my head on a swivel. Even, like, 
I'm living out here in the fucking sticks right now. Like, not a lot of not a lot of crime out here. But like, man, like, but I was I was in Memphis, and so like every day I'd lock I'd lock, sorry, uh, I would lock my uh, lock my car instantly right when I get inside of it. I'm like always on a swivel and everything like that. And I also don't uh, lose my friend, and I was really close to him. Like we were good friends. Uh, it keeps it made me want to get closer to like my friends like maybe it wasn't maybe i wasn't close enough maybe i wouldn't say the last thing i wanted to say like any anything could be a lot like the last time you see somebody could be the last time like every time yeah. you see somebody so now and so i took that I, and so like yeah. i like i try to make i try to surround myself with the people that i do really care about and that i love and i try to make every, like every interaction with them a good one and like like next like, just say this say you love them or like say like i I'm glad you're my friend. Like, say something nice to him like before you leave, you know, yeah, like and like because like it could be the last time. Yeah, I think it makes you appreciate your your loved ones, your friendships, the relationships you do have. I think you definitely have to appreciate that a lot more because, you, like you said, you never know when's the last time you're gonna talk to them. And I think yeah. I think overall, like between controlling your alcohol and then you know living, I want to just say living intentionally, right? Like you're intentionally trying to have these good relationships with people and I appreciate mm-hmm. the relationships with people because, like you said. uh you could shoot it could happen here in Yorktown, man. It could happen in Virginia. Yeah, it could exactly. Anywhere, and, and it's but like the, the good thing too that was uh, by the time I had my hell week, I was I had gotten my like alcohol basically under control, and like I I, I don't think like like I could be wrong, but like I don't remember me falling back in to the drinking after that hell week that I had because I think I already had gone through so much, and like I didn't want to do that. But like I was like it was just straight straight on depression though it was like the whole time like the like three weeks or like even a little bit after that after i started work again like it was straight depression like but i'm I mean, i'm glad i didn't just drink it all like away because yeah. i've yeah, I'd, gotta... like I'd, I'd already controlled it by then and i like, joke like i wasn't gonna back out like just totally do what a relapse that's what you would call it probably yeah, yeah. and uh and so i was glad that, that didn't happen because i had like i said the therapy the people around me and like everything yeah, because at uh, that point you're not you're not suffering from depression. You're battling depression, dude. Like you're yeah. you're actively doing what you got to do to get through with the stuff. To, to excuse me, to process the events and the traumatic events that you're going through. So that way, mentally you yeah. can stay, be stable. You know, it's it's a lot to deal with. But as we close it up, man, I do want to say, yeah. you know, thanks again for bringing all this up because a lot of people that I bring on the podcast, I mean, they're, they're successful people though. They're having great stories and they have, they have yeah. their storm and they talk about how they got through the storm and you're currently, you know, all this is still fresh for you, man. Like everything yeah. happened in, in a short span and mm-hmm. your journey's not over. You know, your storm's not no. over. Like the next no, stage is, is accepting this change and passing through this change, finding your new career and then mm-hmm. everything's going to be good from there, man. And it's going to be pushing. So, I think it's awesome that you can openly speak about it because a lot of people are going through their own traumas and it's easy. Like, man, it's, it's, it feels better after you do it, man. Like after you told me that you asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, I was like, cool. I was like, I got to bring this. Like, I don't bring it up all the time. But like yeah. I do like to bring it up on occasions. And so uh, I was like, super, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to let some of this out a little bit. Uh, oh yeah, for sure, man. That's always good, man. It's healthy. It's definitely healthy. Well, Hell as yeah. we close it out, like I said, um, I appreciate you, brother. I know. I know we're gonna be hanging out soon. You live up hell yeah, man. I'm excited. Like an hour, but I'll definitely go make my way up there. Uh, (laughs) But other than that, if anybody wants to follow you, get in touch with you to to hear more about your story, or maybe ask you for advice on how you're getting through what you're going through. uh, Where can they follow you? You can follow me at my uh, shoot. Hold on, 
I just got a new Instagram, my friend. Hold on one second. Double dog nineteen seventy. It was. It used to be Hoff uh, Pogue <laughs> something. Uh, so it's G <laughs> underscore my M Y Ho H O E the number four. G okay. underscore my Ho four. It's a little pun for my last name. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Awesome, brother. Well, we'll keep in contact. We'll do it again soon. And I, I can't wait to see you. You know what's in store for you. Once this chapter is all closed out and you start the new chapter with you and uh, Joe and all the animals that you guys have at the house. <laughs> yeah, five <laughs> but, cats, right, man. Brother. They're little babies. All right. Thank you, man. Right. I appreciate it. And just like that, we're done with another episode of Resilience on the Rocks. See you next time. Bye.